On today's show, radio host, author, and public speaker, Aaron Phillips. Thank you, Mike. Coming to you live from my beautiful bat cave here in Las Vegas, Nevada, the home of where my voice happens to emanate from. Most people only like to hear me and not see me, so this is going to be a rare occurrence for everybody. But I am Aaron Phillips, the voice of Las Vegas. Thank you for having me today, my friend. Welcome to the Mike Grand Show, and today's special guest is radio host, author, and public speaker, Aaron Phillips. Hey, Aaron, how are you? Good, Mike, sir. How are you back east there? How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for joining us here today. My absolute pleasure. Listen, it takes a lot to drag me out of 70-degree weather in Las Vegas at this time of year, but for you, sir, everything <laughs> is here for you. And we're going to have so much fun, guys, today. So Aaron, what I want to start off with is how did you get started in radio? Oh, my goodness. I, I have one compound word for you and for everybody out there, Craigslist, as silly as that sounds. Um, I moved here from Jersey about 25 years ago, and I was looking to continue and really get into the voice business, voiceover, commentating, whatever. And I saw an ad on Craigslist for um, a color commentator for Junior Golden Gloves Boxing. And I figured I would just send him my demo tape that I had from back east where I, I did a uh, weekly sports talk show back east on a little FM station, Solid Gold, WCNJ, with the good songs, come out and play, you know, the easy FM station. But I really made my, my hit here. And so I sent that resume in and I totally forgot about it. And about three months later, I got an email from the production company saying, hey, are you still available? Are you still interested? And I said, well, Absolutely. And uh, I met the owner and the producer of the show and make a long story short, they hired me with really no play-by-play -play or color commentating experience, but I managed to impress the gentleman that night, recorded uh, six uh, uh, episodes of Junior uh, Golden Gloves Boxing from Mesquite with a play-by-play -play guy who, to his right, got me into this business. He's a Hall of Famer, former professional athlete. And as they say from there, the rest is history. And I just kind of was at the right place, right time. Really made my own opportunity to do this. And I'm very proud of that fact. So were you always interested in becoming a broadcaster or did you have other aspirations? Well, aspirations are such a, such a finicky word. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm a big sports guy. I mean, I'm being from Jersey. I was a Yankees fan, Giants fan. I was a Yankee fan. I got to hear Phil Rizzuto and Frank Messer, you know, and Bill White. And for the Mets, it was Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner, of course, you know, um, the, the great Mel Allen, you know. So I always patterned myself thinking, boy, that would really be cool. And then as I got into high school and college, I got involved in a community service organization that allowed me the opportunity to speak in front of people as a leader, uh, as a state officer, and I loved the stage, man. I loved being able to talk and motivate and share my, my passion. And the key for me that makes it fun, no matter what I do, is I don't script anything. Everything just comes from here. And when you can talk from the heart, it makes it so much easier and it's more comfortable. And I just kind of fell into it. I started doing some voiceovers out here. 
you know, I sent my tapes I had left to all the program directors here in, in Vegas. Of course, there's probably some still sitting in the bottom of somebody's drawer somewhere until I came across that ad on Craigslist. And I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it. I still get the butterflies before shows, before any event because of excitement. You know, the day that stops, that's the day I hang up the microphone. But it's become a passion since because I'm a huge sports guy. And since you're a huge sports guy, I have to ask, what is your favorite sport? Uh, normally, people would say, well, just look behind me, looking at all the wrestling belts. But then you get into the argument about wrestling, you know, real fake sports. Listen, I grew up a Yankee fan. And so I'd have to say my number one sport is, is baseball. I love baseball, followed by football, of course. And then really for the entertainment side of sports and what it could provide, huge wrestling fan. Um, I was 12 years old, 1976, when my dad took me to my very first live event in Madison Square Garden. It was the night that Bob Backlund beat superstar Billy Graham for the WWWF title way back in the day. And, uh, you know, I used to watch, you might remember this, you know, since you still live back east, WORTV out of Sea Caucus, New Jersey. I don't know if that's still on the air back there. But my Saturday nights, when my parents would go out, I would babysit my younger brother and sister. Nine to 10 was Love Boat. 10 to 11 was Fantasy Island. 11 to 11.30 was news and really just kind of boring stuff. 11.30 to 12 was the first half hour in Saturday Night Live. And then 12 midnight, WWF Wrestling from 12 to 1 with Vincent Kennedy McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon and all of those guys. And then I went to that first live event and I was hooked. Yep, we still have that out here. Uh, it's now My9, Channel 9, WOR. Oh, yep. Great. And you host many uh, radio shows currently. Can you tell me the radio shows that you host currently? Absolutely. Um, they're, they're not traditional radio, so I just want to clarify for the folks listening. It's, it's a, if you think the word podcast, which I really hate that word, because I think the word podcast People picture a couple of guys at a dining room table with a couple of beers, a soundboard, and a microphone, and they're just talking. This is really a broadcast studio because it provides the visual. Um, the station I work out of is Go Live Vegas. Um, download the mobile app. This way, my producer won't get mad at me for not giving the station a plug. But my main shows right now, um, Tuesdays, I co-host a show called The Debt Lifeline from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific. It's with a gentleman by the name of Rob Goldstein. And Really, he's not a financial planner, but if you have some financial crises that perhaps you need representation for and you just don't know what to do, he jumps in and he can help you uh, get better situated in some of those scenarios. Thursday nights, I co-host a show called Black Tie Vegas, where Lou Gazzara is the host. I'm kind of like his Ed McMahon, where I'm just kind of there doing outros, intros, asking some questions, but it's old style Vegas. We are wearing tuxedos and kind of bringing back that lounge feel. And then Saturdays is my big day. Saturdays uh, from 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific, I co-host a show called The Penalty Box. I think, um, pardon the interruption, but with two older guys, if you will, it's not your typical sports talk show. 9 to 11, that was my favorite show. Wrestling, I got I to show the, the shirt. Thoughts count anywhere. Uh, 9 to 11 uh, a.m. Pacific time. And then from uh, 12 to 1, my own show, Aaron Zauer with Aaron Phillips. These are all on my Facebook page. Each show has its own Facebook page. I have websites and stuff. So I do that. Plus, I produce shows. I have other shows that are coming online that I work with folks behind the scenes and help them launch a podcast that they may want to do for themselves or for business. So I'm also behind the scenes on a couple as well. 
So tell us what it's like having to put a show together so the fans <laughs> at home understand exactly how much work goes into putting into a show. So with okay. these shows, since you're on so many of them, how many of how involved are you in in each show? And that, that's a great question. And it and I got to ask you, how many hours do you have for me to explain that to the viewers? But um, great thing is, is the Dead Lifeline show and uh, Black Tie Vegas, those main hosts, they're the ones that primarily arrange for the guests. So I'm not too involved in that, but I do the production with them. I, I talk about what we should do better, how we set this shot, what we need to work on next time. But the other three shows, um, I'll, I'll talk from... Aaron's Hour, because that's my own personal show, because I host it alone. The other shows I have great co-hosts with, and they help. It's a, it's a combined effort. So here's what I do. When my show is over at 1 p.m. Pacific, and of course, I live on Facebook, like I think half the world probably does, if not more. Every time I see a story that someone posts or on my MSN feed on my phone, I actually reshare that to my own Facebook page as a bookmark, because I would think of those things, oh, that might be a good topic to talk about on my next show. So I cheat with Facebook. That's my bookmarking for material. I don't have a crack research staff where people can get me topics, you know? That's the easy part. The harder part is your guests, okay? What's your theme? Who's available? Who entertained Friday night until two in the morning and wants to get up early to come into the studio to do a show? But similar to what we're doing, we also can Zoom people in or video link people in. They don't have to be in studio. So it's formatting, it's your, it's, your it's your commercials. Hey, don't forget about sponsors. You got to get them fitted based on what you promise them. Do you have special segments? Like I do birthday lists on the wrestling show. Um, you know, so it, it really is a juggling act. And I created what I call a run sheet. And you probably use a tool very similar to that. It's a simple Excel spreadsheet, literally by the minute of the segment, who's coming on, uh, phone, video, I leave that for my producer so he knows where all these people are coming in, what commercials I want run it's in, in each segment. It's, it's really putting a puzzle together. Now, going into a studio like I do now, half the battle is just walking in and being a talking head. Putting the show together, that, you know, uh, program-wise, that's what I work on. But prior to going into the studio where I work now, one of my shows I did out of someone's business. Um, I did a show for three years called Twin Brothers from Different Mothers, and the show started in my co-host's art gallery. So I'm taking the Tupper-made bin with soundboards, microphones, connecting everything up, and I'm like, man, am I getting tired of this? Fortunately, I found Go Live Vegas. We made the transition, and now, other than just formulating the show for that upcoming week with topics and guests, and what do I think is interesting, and you know, do I tell a joke, do I not? Because I don't sing. You know, a lot of entertainment variety shows that you see here, you have that host that can sing and belt them out. Uh -uh, I can't even do that in the shower. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of piecing it together. It's fitting together what you think your audience wants to hear, what you want to do. But sometimes what you want to do is not what the audience wants to hear. So you have to kind of find that balance. And you have to find guests that draws, that draws people in to want to watch. And more importantly, share your show with their friends. And as you and I both know, that's how we build our audience through social media. So it's like putting a puzzle together. And quite frankly, like you, I'm sure, it's a seven-day-a-week project to put the following week show together just so that you have everything in place. And then you've got to write your promo posts. Oh, my God, you got to let everybody know who's on, you know. And you want, so it's a lot of moving parts. Um, you and I doing this right now for your audience to see this is the easy part. I think we were talking about that before we started. Doing the show once the cameras are on, that's the easy part. 
getting it together, making sure everything flows. And then you have people calling in and you're monitoring chat rooms. Um, it's a dance. And I got to be honest with you, for 16 years, I've never, and that's how long I've been behind a microphone. Uh, 2018, I have the privilege of being inducted into the Las Vegas Entertainers Hall of Fame for all my years on radio. I've never listened to a show while doing it. Because you can't. You know this, you're directing, you're pushing buttons, you're thinking about the next three questions. I've gone back since day one and I've gone back to every show that I have done or commercial. And now I listen to it like a audience member would. And that's how I critique my skill set. I didn't go to college to do this. This is all self-taught stuff, like, like you and I were talking about before you went live for yourself. And so you always try to hone your skills and broadcasting and, and doing color commentating. That's a whole nother you know, training area that you have to get good at. So it's a lot of self-training, it's discipline, and it's understanding your demographics, and hoping that you put something on that is of interest, that they will keep watching and watching and invite their friends to continue to watch. I know that's a long-winded answer, but I hope that gets us there. <laughs> yes, and it's, folks, there's a lot to it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's true because sometimes too, you know, like you said, as we're doing the show, sometimes things happen. Sometimes you may accidentally say a fact that is kind of off, mm -hmm. you know, and you and you know the answer, but in your head by accident you said the wrong thing, and the moment's right. already passed. So now sometimes I see shows and I'm like, oh, I understand. I can understand why maybe they did that little blunder because right. I know the fact, but maybe by accident, live in the moment, you're saying the wrong thing. Um, and you know what, and that happens because all my shows are live. Now I may pre-record a show because of a vacation or something, but my shows are live and you know what, Mike, when there's a goof or a flub or we say something that is totally off the wall, so what? Because I think like you were just kind of alluding to, adds to the entertainment value of the show that we're only human, okay? and And, that's what I love about the energy of doing a live show a lot is because I could feed off that the show. I could feed off people watching and listening and my co-host, you make a mistake, someone's going to catch it. And sometimes you make mistakes purposely just to see if somebody's listening, to you know, so it, it, it works out in the end. So, yeah. And sometimes too, even when you're enunciating, maybe sometimes I know I did an episode um, where I may have said, I, I want all the facts of life fans to know that I know it was nine seasons. But I think I kind of said eight or eight or nine. I know it's nine, but I think right. like maybe it didn't make it on. I don't know. I'd have to go back right. and watch the thing. But right. I, I remember because someone said something to me. You know, I was like, someone I know, believe me, I watched it for many years yep. and the reruns over and over. I know how many you, seasons it was. Did you watch the reunion show about a month ago? Oh, oh, Lisa Walsh was fantastic. Isn't she terrific? She's still she just as gorgeous terrific. now. We got to get Lisa on here because Lisa oh. would be great. She, she's just amazing. I mean, I thought that they actually, uh, what's the word? Um, like that image of her was from her back in the day. Oh, like a Photoshop kind of thing? Yeah. I, I'm Re-imaging? Re-imaging or something like that. Right. Because the, right. when you saw her came out, I'm like, oh my God, that's Lisa Welshel today. That's not Lisa Welshel years ago. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she looks the same. She looks great. She looks terrific. The only yep. one I was disappointed with was, uh, and I can't think of the actress's name, and I know we're digressing here, which is what makes this stuff fun. The actress who played uh, Joe Polnicek. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm not quite sure why she wasn't able to make it. Nancy yeah, I, I read some stuff. She, you know, whatever. But that, that I was a little, you know, disappointed she wasn't there. But hey, you know, and, and I did see, I did see that um, Julianne Paddock, who played Cindy in season one, was actually in the audience. Yes. 
yes. in there. That, that, that would have been a great to just kind of scoot her in there for a, yeah, even if it was cool. in the background, that would have been a cool <laughs> inside uh, joke that she's there. Little but, Easter egg. Yep. I do want to talk about your Thoughts Count Anywhere show, your wrestling yes. show. Yep. So um, you do have this wrestling show on Saturday mornings. You've had some of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling that we've had on here as yep. well. Can you tell us who you had and how much fun you had interviewing them? Well, of course, you know, you can't do a show about Glow without April Hom and the Royal Hawaiian. Um, then, of course, we had, and I, I'm going to botch it up, and I do it purposely just to kind of upset her, Colonel Manitska, uh, Lori Palmer, she was on. Um, and I'm now talking about drawing a blank, but we had one of the other gals on. She was on video link with us from California. And we also, what I did not know, I do commentary for one of the local promotions here in town for wrestling. And the owner of that was actually a glow referee in the first season, Benny Espinosa. So we managed to get him to come down to the studio as well. Um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Glow just brings back such a sentimental feeling for a lot of people. Uh, and it was not long. It was only on a couple of seasons, uh, two, three at best, if memory serves. But it's such a sentimental thing. I'm happy that the original gals uh, are able to enjoy that success now, either because of the resurgence of the reboot that they did, uh, you know, a couple of seasons worth or whatnot. But it was terrific. It, it, and we've had Lori on. She, she had come down to one of our remote shows that we did for one of our sponsors. And she was great. They're just, here's the, here's the thing. I'm going to tell everybody a little secret behind the door. They're real people, folks. These wrestlers that you see on TV, they're real people. You know, they play a character. Um, but it was terrific. There's such a, such a nostalgia. And I met April at the Cauliflower Alley Club convention here in Vegas a couple of years ago, I, the year before the pandemic shut it down. And I'll tell you what, we got so engaged in conversation. Now, of course, we had a lot of other things in common. A lot of it was mental, uh, not mental, <laughs> health issues like diabetes and things that we were both dealing with, but and we just hit a great accord and she's been on numerous times. Every time she comes into Vegas, we bring her on. Um, total blast with those ladies. And I'm so glad that they're getting recognized for really the divas revolution or evolution that started back in that day in the eighties. Uh, and they're finally getting recognized for it today. Yep. And just for the Glow fans watching, four seasons, Aaron, because I'm, uh, they're gonna comment, four seasons. <laughs> Of course, it, but right. in, in a lot of part of the country here in uh, Connecticut, it got pulled uh, after it was on WPIX New York. John Eleven after three and a half seasons, they didn't show the okay. last part in the gotcha. on the New York affiliate here, and we did have a Connecticut affiliate that didn't even show season four oh, at all, please. unfortunately. Yep, and it was lightning. That. You had lightning, Cheryl Rusa. There you go. Thank you. Yep. I again, so, listen. I've been blessed with so many years on the radio as much as i try to remember all my guests i can remember stock numbers from shoes when i sold for tom mccann in high school but i can't remember all my guests names and i barely remember what i had for breakfast three hours ago so i thank you for, for getting <laughs> You're welcome. Up there. so yes, so many great you. guests so i have to ask you first off the big debate which is your favorite wwe or aew at the moment wow you know I, I, I am, and admittedly so, and you can tell by all the belts behind me, they're all, except for this silver one, which I'm kind of pointing to, that's, that's actually a custom-made belt I had made for me as, uh, as Aaron Phillips, the voice of my brand. But all these other belts are all WWE affiliates because I grew up with that. Um, 
I got to be honest with you, what's going on in WWE now with all the releases and the, you know, we don't have to recap all of that because wrestling fans know what's going on, but there's so much absurdity that's going on for, in my opinion, and we've discussed this on Thoughts Count Anywhere. By the way, you can go to thoughtscountanywhere.com, click the archives tab for any past shows if you want to. Anyway, cheap plug. But um, obviously, this is being positioned to sell the company. Nick Khan is known for doing that. You're cutting payroll. They made a billion dollars in profit last year or revenue, whatever the ridiculous number was at the uh, meetings that they just had two weeks ago. And that's because they've been chopping a lot of salary off. Yes, they sell a lot of merchandise. And they're still selling merchandise from wrestlers who are not even with the promotion anymore. Okay? So they're still making money off of wrestlers that aren't there. I continue. I'm, I'm starting to sway. I'm getting ready to maybe turn my membership card in and make AEW my favorite. But here's my fear with AEW. And I'm sure you've talked about another. And again, this is topics we talk about. I'm afraid with AEW signing all of these free agents last night or the other day, we saw Keith Lee make his appearance. Um, I hate to think that Tony Khan's going to put himself in a corner much like WWE with so much talent and not enough airtime. I mean, I know we got the two-hour dynamite. You got Rampage. They have the YouTube channel. But still, there's saturation, which was another discussion we were having because now many of the indies, the impacts, ROH, although that's on the shelf till April, New Japan, are we getting diluted in the wrestling market now that all of a sudden all of these are filled because they're tired of WWE and all the stuff that they're doing over the last couple of years with releasing talents and the really crazy, and I'm being politically correct there, storylines. We actually have a shirt on our website about our feeling about WWE creative. So if anybody, I, gotta, I know we got to watch what we do here on YouTube. I don't want any letters or emails coming. Um, I, I got I to tell you, I, I, majority of my time, WWE, because I love the characters, I, I, I'm, I'm loyal to it, but seeing some of what's happening with AEW and seeing some of the talent being used the way they should have been used, really from the get-go, I'm starting to keep more of an eye on the AEW stuff, um, because, you know, I don't think, if you ask me in five years, the over-under is five years, in my opinion, I think the under, before WWE is sold to another entity. So... And of the superstars that are on the rosters right now, I want to ask you, who are your favorites on both shows, both, uh, both brands? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I, usually I ask these questions. I don't have to answer these questions. But um, all right, let's go to WWE. I'm, I don't like, okay, the, the, the wrestlers I do like for their performance and ability, you got to love Roman Reigns. Give the guy props. I loved him when he was with the Shield. I loved him before. And you look at him as a human being for what he's had to accomplish getting past leukemia and all of that. And then unfortunately suffering from COVID uh, right around uh, the beginning of the year, missing day one and all that, that transpired with Brock Lesnar. Um, you got to love Roman. The work that he has done since coming back has been tops. It's been yeoman. I can't think of really anybody in the last 10 years that's done anything to that level, especially on the heel side. Because if you look on the face side, of course, you got the John Cena's, you know, you have those faces. I love Randy Orton. He's better as a heel than a face, okay? Where everybody's waiting for the time he's going to turn on, on Riddle. We all know it's coming at some point, right? Um, the ladies, I got to love Bianca Belair. I mean, the whip she gave Sasha to win the title at WrestleMania with her hair braid or whatever, I think it was WrestleMania. Yeah, because they were headlining the first. 
I felt that all over here in Vegas. That was just tremendous. So I love Bianca. Getting a little tired of Becky, Zach, right now. I was really thinking Ronda and Becky because of the uh, controversy about the pin. Was her shoulder down? That was a natural storyline. Her going after Charlotte really, in my mind, doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Brock Lesnar. I'm not a fan of the part-timer stuff. I'm not, I mean, I like Ronda, but also Ronda and Brock now are modern age Andre the Giants in the terms of being that spectacle, okay? They're not there often enough that you can really invest their time. And now, do I like this part of Brock where he's kind of on the lighter side, almost the face side? Yeah, because it's, it's unique for him and I kind of like it. Uh, not surprised by the swerve of Paul Heyman, you know, at the last pay-per-view and all that stuff. But I don't like those part-timers. Uh, I love Seth Rollins. He, his character can equate to anything, you know. One female wrestler, and then I'll move over to AEW in a second. How do you not like Natalia no matter what she does? She is a foundation for WWE that is really underappreciated and underutilized for what she should be doing. And can, now she puts a lot of talent over. So she works with the talent and helps them. One that comes to mind was Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan beat her at, Russell, at the, the, the WrestleMania with no fans. You know, so I would really like to see her. She had, she had one of the, um, I, I don't know, it was the Raw SmackDown belt. She was a Divas champ back in the day. But she didn't have that title belt for all too long. And I really wish the WWE would think about giving her a run that was meaningful. This belt they did with Bianca, the 28-second drop, Kofi, Biggie. Biggie's now back in the title picture. Shame on them. And that's the kind of stuff that's turning me off on WWE. By the way, what happened to the 30-day rematch clause that used to be automatic? No more, okay? Yep, and, and, and not to interrupt, but I was just going to yeah. say, same thing. I mean, some, some of these girls, um, their title runs were so short. Natalia, Naomi's another one who always does mm -hmm. an amazing job. I'd like to see Naomi with a longer title. And yep. a couple other um, of my favorites. Oh, Sasha. And Sasha, Sasha's amazing. Sasha's, she's my but favorite. Look at her, but look at her title reigns. She's yep. won. A month later, she drops. Yep. She's won. She, so, I mean, she always, she's always believable in that ring, no matter what you give her. And another one that I feel doesn't always get the credit, and he does a great job because the crowd always hates him, is Happy Corbin, Baron Corbin. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and I love his choke slam on his opponents, but oh. he plays the heel very well. Like he's very yes. reliable and he kind of gets, you know, under the radar sometimes. Absolutely. He, he is a yeah. consistent performer week in and week out as well. To totally agree with that. And when you think about when he first appeared as the lone wolf and the long hair and the, you know, to his progression now, you're right. He's always maintained that heel character, but in very different, um, personalities where when everybody got the news that Happy or Happy uh, was being trademarked for Corbin, oh, maybe he's going to become a face, you know? But no. So he, and here's another one, Sami Zayn, okay? Love the guy. I love him and what he's doing. I loved him when he was a face. You could give this guy chicken, you know what, and make chicken salad out of it because he also is believable in his presentation He's another guy, though, I would like to see get out of that mid-card picture, be taken a little more seriously. But in order for that to happen, they have to tweak his character to be a little more serious. No more of the conspiracies and dealing with Johnny Knoxville, which I thought was, was a terrible thing. Very disappointed in the Men's Royal Rumble. There were no surprises. You know, you can't count Brock. We all predicted that on the day before on, on Thoughts Count Anywhere earlier that day. 
that if he loses the belt, he's going to come in and win. So we all called that one, even though Shane McMahon didn't want that to happen. However, it's a whole other story. Um, but you're right. So you can give certain storylines to people and they'll run with it and be the best there is. And I think what happens is they get lost in the shuffle, like you said, under the radar for Corbin and to not be taken more seriously with a more serious run. And that's unfortunate because I think they're wasting talent on some of those guys. The talent's being wasted in that mid-card stuff where they don't get that big push for the big picture. I'm disappointed about Big E, you know, back to SmackDown, tag teaming with Kofi. I love Big E. Everybody loved him in the back. And in short order, he gets a clean pin by Brock and loses his belt at day one. Terrible. And he had a, what, three, four, five-month run with the belt? That's not enough to establish anything. Anyway. Soapbox, soapboxes, I'm sorry. Let's go over to AEW. <laughs> now, because I don't watch it as much, um, obviously I'm more in tune with the former WWE folks that have gone over than some of the homegrown talent. Um, I'll tell you, you want to put GOAT on somebody, how can you not put that on Chris Jericho regardless? You give him anything at any age, look what he's doing over 50. The match against, um, uh, not Eddie Kingston, the guy from GCW with the pizza cutter. You know what I'm talking about. Nick Cage. Yep, Nick Cage. Okay, just came to me. Um, bloody and the crimson mask and the whole thing. Um, you got to love Chris Jericho, no matter what he touches. Um, Sting, you know what? I would have been okay if he didn't come back in the ring. Now, he's doing great things with Darby Allen. He's taking Darby under his wing and he's helping him. Um, but I love Sting the persona. But, you know, when they were talking about Sting versus The Undertaker a little bit ago at WWE, I really wasn't keen into that match because that's 20 years beyond their prime. You know, Sting is 60, what, one, two, something like that. Um, similar to Lashley and, and Lesnar going at it, that match to me is 10 years beyond its prime, you know. Um, the ladies over there, jeez. Um, I love when Thunder Rose, uh, no, yeah, when Thunder Rosa comes in and out. She's all over the place. You got to love Thunder Rosa. I, listen, I like Nyla Rose. I know she's getting a lot of detractors because of her personal choices. Um, but as a performer, she's strong. And she's being guided by probably the best female manager that's out there right now, Vicky Guerrero, who, by the way, I've had the pleasure of interviewing twice on our show after meeting her at a ToyCon convention here in Vegas. Beautiful person. Uh, don't, don't let anybody know that because she doesn't play a good person on TV, of course. Um, but Vicky's great for wrestling. She's entertaining. You give her anything to do. She's great for wrestling as a voice. Um, you know, Cargill, I'm not sold on her. She's still very, oh, I'm sorry. That's, yeah, Cargill, Jay Cargill. Very still, still green in the ring. So I'm not 100% with that. I don't know what's going on with Cody. How, how is the guy who founded the company, Mike? And you can answer this for me because we don't know. The guy who founded the company with the Young Bucks, how does he become a free agent and have no contract? Yeah, makes no sense. <laughs> right? Um, so, here, listen, Tony Khan's doing a lot of things right. He still has ways to go. Because we have to remember, this company's only been around for two years. You know, uh, WWE, WWWF, whatever incarnation everybody wants, you're talking a company that's been around 50 years, 40, 50 years, whatever it is territorial and things like i love the door opening i love the the, the forbidden door stuff that's pretty cool to see who shows up elsewhere oh let me go back to the men's i do not love moxley Dean ambrose moxley you know 
And of course, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, which by the way, I have his eco championship belt hanging right there behind my head there, um, is another guy, you know, that, that can touch anything and make it gold. Um, so that's kind of my hits right now. You know, Impact, Impact's been in Vegas and I've gotten an opportunity to see some people at Impact up close and personal late last year. Josh Alexander, here's a guy when, and the storyline with him and Moose. I don't know how far you, you know, how close you watch Impact. Uh, but Josh Alexander, we interviewed him. There's a guy that, man, um, he has put together. And on the Impact side, how can you not like the Good Brothers? We had them on our show as well, but they're, they are so well-oiled being together for so long. And people forget, and he'll probably kill me the next time I see him. But uh, Luke was, if, for those of you who remember a character back in the late 80s, maybe, 90s, Festus. Do you remember Festus in WWE? No, I didn't. I didn't remember. He's the guy that was sort of like he gets to the ring and it was a tag team. And I don't remember who his partner was, but he gets to the ring like in a trance. The bell rings or gets tagged in and all of a sudden he's this wild thing. As soon as the match is over, he's like back in his trance. Well, guess what, folks? That was Luke Gallows. So look him up online, Mike, when you get a chance. Festus was the character name. Yep, we will do. <laughs> And again, I know I'm missing, and, and this is not a complete list. I mean, yep. AJ Styles, and you know, there, there's so many great yeah, performers so, so out many. there. And some of these guys are going back to NXT. AJ, yeah. you know, is doing that. Uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler just went back. There's a guy who's under, really underappreciated, I think, for all the years and what he does to make people look great. You know, so huh, I think I went down the roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I forgot anybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> and now let's talk about your new book because you have a new book out. Yes. So tell us about that. Well, just so happens, I have a copy right here. So let my voice speak to you. It's a book that I talk about that has inspiration, education, and laughter. Uh, August of 2017, I had gastric sleeve surgery where going into surgery, I started that process at 339 pounds although my highest weight was about a year before that at 354 pounds. Um, I had other medical issues, so I had to lose weight fast and a bunch of it quickly. That's why I had to do that, that procedure. Um, right before pandemic, when we got shut down, I got down as low as 212, 215. Unfortunately, COVID-19 has given me the COVID-20 that I'm still working on getting off. Um, however, my book shares that journey and not so much, it's, it's meant to inspire people because we make choices in our life and at times we don't know when we have to pay the piper for those choices. And it's meant to inspire people that basically, and again, at the risk of sounding cheesy, anything you put your mind to, you can achieve. And through good nutrition, learning how to listen to my body, I can proudly say that I've still kept 122 pounds off no more diabetes. I'm no longer diabetic. I had stage two non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. 45% of my liver was shot. Thank God the liver regenerates. That's 100% and a few other ailments. So it's meant to inspire. And this, the way I share my story is really intended for anybody to really apply to any part of their life that they need to be uplifted or to need to read a story to feel better about their choices ahead, that you're not just doom and gloom in what you're set in. The education part, as I mentioned earlier, I train others in how to do a podcast, how to put a show together, how to do interviews, just basic stuff. But in my book, I put a few nuggets in there throughout the book, what, how to do and how to get started. 
And then lastly, the laughter comes in. You know this as well as anybody that when the microphone's not on, you're on commercial break or something. Some of the best stories go on when the microphone's not on. And so I, I share some of those stories in the book as well. Uh, it's on Kindle. It's available on Kindle or folks can reach out to me through my website or Facebook and I'll be happy to uh, offer them to purchase the book with my autograph, mail it out to them. Very proud of it. It was something that somebody mentioned to me a couple of years ago that I should think about doing. I used a great ghostwriter. I got to give her props, uh, uh, Brittany Bearden. Uh, her husband, by the way, Jeff Bearden, used to be the giant warrior uh, in wrestling many, many years ago. Um, did a great job. And like I said, I'm very proud of the book. Um, stories from a Hall of Fame personality. And, uh, you know, if you want a quick read or need something to balance a table in your house that works great under the broken leg as well, um, Kindle. And again, like I said, you can message me through Facebook or through my websites. Um, and I'll be happy to arrange to get a book to you. So thank you for letting me talk about that. Uh, it's a labor of love. Um, if I touch one person with what's in that book and it's made a difference for them, then it was all worth it. Yep, it's a great book. And like you said, it's very easy to read. It's not this big 300, 400 page thing that you know, you're gonna lose interest in. That's not what it is. It's a great quick, I mean, you can, you can read that book real quick. It's 100, I think, in, including the conclusion page in the back, it's 120 pages long, folks. Yep. <laughs> so, so it's e easy to read, guys. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you letting me talk about that. You're welcome. And guess what time it is now? What's that? It is time to play the lightning round. Uh-oh. So I'm going to name you two things, and you tell me which one you prefer. Oh, boy. Okay, lightning round. That means I have no time to think. Okay. Yep. So Go. New York Yankees or Boston Red Sox? Do I really have to answer that one? <laughs> Yankees. Yankees, of course. Coin machine or coin wrapper? Ooh, coin machine. Cheeseburger or cheese fries? Burger. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns or John Cena? Oh, wow. Um, today, right now, Roman Reigns. Asked me that five years ago, I would have probably said Cena. Viva Las Vegas or Viva Forever? <laughs> uh, Viva Forever. Social class or social media? Wow. Social class or social media? Social media, because on media, everybody can be the same. Mouthwash or mouth guard? <laughs> Mouthwash. <laughs> golf, or, golf or tennis tennis ronda rousey or shana baszler rousey slapstick or slap happy oh slapstick bob is all the way bob euchre or larry zonka oh bob euchre how do you catch a knuckleball you pick it up when it hits the fence behind you come on now <laughs> larry zonka cost me that fumble against the eagles that's why i didn't pick him <laughs> anyway, the miracle of the Meadowlands. I apologize. But yes, Bob Euchre. And a lumberjack match or a battle royal? Battle royal. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Absolute pleasure. Can you tell everybody how they can follow you? Absolutely. The best uh, Facebook, Aaron Phillips. You'll see my cheesy face uh, in the uh, uh, avatar box. Or Aaron Phillips, the voice is my business page. You can also check me out online. I have two websites, AaronPhillipsVoice.com uh, or my new one for my show, Aaron'sHour.Vegas. 
Those are the best places to find me. Or just call Abraham and say, hey, we want to reach out to Aaron. April will get me. <laughs> and everybody be sure to follow me as well. On Twitter, I am at MikeRandCom, C-O-M. My Facebook page, Official Mike Rand. Instagram is Official Mike Rand. <laughs> and my website is MikeRand.com. So you can find me everywhere as well. And the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Mike Rand. Or just type the Mike Rand show in the search engine and you'll see me there. All right. Thank you again for joining us here today. My pleasure. Thank you guys for watching and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.